Okay, hi folks. Um, you could probably tell that uh, I'm here with Steve at the Jubilee Centre, um, but I just want you to know that we're at a social distance. Uh, we've signed in, we've washed our hands, we're taking lots of precautions. So it is good to be here and it's good to slowly start using it again for some things, but we are having to be very careful and sort of gradual in how we begin to use it. But we're here today and um, we've been talking over uh, recent weeks about how the church is called to see the world filled with the knowledge of God's glory. And that really just means helping the world to see how good God is because God's glory is his goodness. One of the pictures, if you like, the images that the Bible uses for this is to fill the world with good fruit. And we've talked about the fruit of good lives, the fruit of good works, and the fruit of good news. And over the last couple of weeks, Alison has been talking very practically about how we can share the good news by telling our own stories and showing how they connect with God's big story, which we call the gospel, the good news. Now, Steve Jones is someone in the church who has always been passionate about telling people the good news. And I particularly wanted to ask Steve to share on this Steve felt far happier doing this by way of an interview rather than speaking into a, a tablet uh, as, we, as we've been doing for most of the preaching. Um, so I'm going to ask Steve a few questions and then Steve just asks you to just share your, your thoughts and your ideas on this if that's okay. So first of all Steve, over the years many people have struggled with evangelism and yet others have thrived on it. So why do you think it's important to share the gospel, share good news with people, and what's the best way to do it? Mm. Great, great question, Trevor. Um, I, I think, firstly, we need to try and be as natural as we can in regards to sharing the gospel. As you said already, a lot of people um, speaking of evangelism, this kind of strikes fear, a chord of fear in them. Um, but I love what Alison said um, the other week. It really, it's really sharing. It's about sharing God's story, yeah. and it links into our story as to how you know Jesus has affected and changed our lives. Um, of course, we're aware that we have some people that we would say more that are gifted in sharing yeah. evangelism. So we're really um, called to do the work of an evangelist, but others are gifted in that area. And so obviously the, the job of those who are gifted is to really just be involved in equipping, sharing with other people as to how God is using them. Um, one of the keys I've found is really um, recognising those people that father that God has on his heart. Mm. That's what I find a, a powerful key really. And I believe, I, I call them father's favourites. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, you may ask the question, well, uh, does God have favours? Does father have favours? I believe he does. Um, you know, it's a little like bringing up your own children. Uh, when you bring up your own children, uh, say for example, if your child has a bit of an accident, trips and falls, in that moment in time, you're expressing favour to that particular child. Right. You're expressing favour uh, that in that moment. Um, you love all your children equally, but because that child needs uh, extra support, extra attention, uh, you're expressing favour. And I think it's a little bit like that. Uh, I believe that the people in our world that needs God's favour, all of us need his favour, but um, yeah. the situation that we go through and we experience the favour of God. And so for me, what's made it a little bit easier is to understand that um, there are people in the world that God is expressing favour to. Okay. specifically and when we're aware of who they are I think the Bible is very clear about that 
um, they now hurt just as God's heart goes out to them. Mm. And so I believe it makes evangelism or sharing the gospel with people easier because we're connecting with the very heart of God. And so you start by asking the Father, who, who are you, you favouring at the moment, as it were? Who needs this more at the moment? So you, it starts with prayer in a way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I believe that we connect with the very heart of God, as you say, through prayer. Yeah. Um, but also, the, the Bible is very clear as to who the favourites are as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so as we read uh, the Bible, we find out that, uh, you know, there's specific, very specific people mm. in which he's favouring. Our hearts are drawn to them. Yeah. And so I believe there's a natural connection. So when we actually speak with people, because we're already... Um, have the heart of the Father, there's a connection with them that they see that we're genuine. We're not just here to kind of just preach to them yeah, or yeah. share a message, but actually there's a real heart-to-heart connection genuine with them connection. that um, makes um, sharing the gospel with them easy. Yeah. yeah, and I've noticed over the years, Steve, that you've, you've done this in a very kind of quiet, unassuming way. You use the word natural, and you've done it to people of all different backgrounds. And as you say, maybe those whom you're very aware of the favor of God is on. Um, so this is, is this just because the way God's wired you that you're able to do this? Or do you think this is the way that Jesus teaches us how to do it? Uh, well, I, I think obviously we're all unique and individuals and God uses our story in a very unique way. So um, it obviously there's no set where there's not a model of doing it. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think we're all we're all unique, really. And I think when we just kind of take time to review our story, look at what God has done in our life, uh, then we're, we're more equipped, obviously, to share with other people yeah. as to the relevance of the gospel in their life as okay. well. So do it as yourself rather than trying to be somebody else. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely be yourself. Okay, so a few months ago, Steve, earlier this year, you shared with me how God had really spoken to you afresh uh, through the story of. Mephibosheth in, in 2 Samuel 9 and I think you shared it at Connect and there was a great response people told me how, how much they enjoyed it so I was wondering could you just remind us all about that story and then tell us what you think is important that we learn from it okay um, well towards the end of last year 2019 um, I, I was kind of just really thinking about what 2020 was going to be like and uh, I was kind of just praying about it and just kind of getting, trying to get a sense of what God was saying and what was going to be happening. Um, and uh, on Christmas Day, I, I came down to Jubilee Centre. As I'm sure many of you are aware, we put on an amazing meal to support people, vulnerable people, people that would normally be at home by themselves. Um, and because of work commitment, I wasn't able to be here the full time, but I actually decided I'd come down and just have a look and see what was happening. Um, and I came, I, you know, I've, I've been down previous years as well, but I came down and I was just amazed at what, what a powerful day that was. Just so many people just getting fed and supported and encouraged. It was an amazing environment. And uh, really, I wasn't so much of a helper, I'm more, more of an observer. And uh, just being there, it was a powerful lesson to me. And what I felt God had dropped into my heart was that this is an occasion of showing kindness um, but not only that, what I felt is that God was saying in 2020, he's going to create opportunity for the church and many other people um, just to express uh, a heart, a spirit of kindness. There's going to be a real breakout of showing kindness, but not only on one-off occasion, but, you know, this would be a continual thing. That's what I felt on, on the inside, that it would be a continual thing and a really a breakout of showing kindness. Mm -hmm. So just remind people about the story of Mephibosheth, if you can, yeah? 
Yeah, so um, shortly after that, I kind of came across this amazing story. Maybe some of you probably have read it, a lot of you read it. I was amazed that I'd never actually read this story before. <laughs> but uh, as many of you know, um, you can read a story and over again, it can still come in a kind of totally fresh way. Um, and so I came across this story in 2 Samuel chapter 9. Uh, there's a bit of background in, in 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, where we, we kind of read that Mephibosheth was crippled um, in both feet from the age of five. Um, I'm sure you'd probably be aware that um, when a, a new king was coming into rule, very often they would kind of wipe out um, their previous king's family. Uh, very abrupt way of kind of dealing with things. But, but when you read the story in um, 2 Samuel chapter 4, you'll find out that... Um, um, Mephibosheth was under the care of his nurse and uh, because of all this kind of um, kind of upheaval his, his nurse picked him up and she, she was fleeing um, for their lives and while she was doing this she fell as far as we understand and Mephibosheth um, both his legs were either broken or he was severely crippled yeah. um, so that's in Second Samuel chapter 4 that's the background of the story and then in the chapter 9, we read, uh, David asks the question, is there anybody from the house of Jonathan that I can show kindness? And uh, when you read the text, really, it's talking about, um, it's talking about covenant kindness. It's not just any kind of kindness. Mm. And as we've said already, you know, um, we're in a period of time that uh, the whole world is showing kindness uh, because of the epidemic. Um, but here David was talking about covenant kindness, God's kindness. And... Um, what, what I felt as I read this story, this is reiterating really what I felt kind of previously that, you know, we're going to have a really amazing opportunity just to really kind of show um, God's kind of, just be an expression of the heart of God, just showing kindness. Um, and so throughout the story, what we, we read is that David was looking for opportunity and he, he made a commitment to Jonathan to say he's going to show kindness. So he asked the question, is there anybody from the house of Jonathan that I can show kindness? And um, the servant of David said, yeah, there's a person called Mephibosheth. He's living in a place called Lodibar. As far as I understand it, Lodibar is a place of no bread and a place of no pasture. And again, I felt that this kind of spoke very powerfully in the time in which we're living in because so many of us have had the opportunity mm. um, to actually literally provide bread for people. Mm. Um, a lot of people haven't got bread on the table, they haven't got food because of all that's going on in this season. And, uh, and so we look at the story and a lot of people have found themselves in very vulnerable situations. Yeah. And it seems to me that, um, you know, We've kind of skipped, been skipped, we've kind of backed away from this concept of being vulnerable because we don't want to label people. Mm. But um, over recent months, you know, we, that word has become such a um, spoken word because so many people who are very, very much established have become very vulnerable. Yes. And uh, and so you know, the, you know, we've had to seek to kind of uh, offer support. Yeah. But uh, basically, the story goes on to say that um, Mephibosheth, David expressed kindness um, to Mephibosheth, but not only just kindness, he also went on to help him to come into a place of restoration. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I believe that you know, we have the opportunity to express kindness, but it doesn't stop there. Um, I believe that what God's after is lives that are restored yes. and transformed. Um, David, um, Mephibosheth had an inheritance that he lost because 
of what went on in his own life. He was crippled. He, he kind of escaped to, uh, to Lodibar, a place of no pasture and no bread. But David remembered him and invited him back into um, the king's palace, yeah. the king's house. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he didn't only give him a meal, a one-off meal. This wasn't a, a random act of kindness. Yeah. Yeah. But really, it was an expression of continual kindness. Mm. When you read the story, we find out that David said that you will eat at my table continually. Yeah. And what I feel that, again, God was saying to us is that we, we need to be offering continual acts of kindness. Mm. So what's going to make us different is that we're expressing the very covenant kindness heart of God, yeah. which is a continual expression of kindness. It's not a one-off. Yeah. <laughs> it's not when we're kind of feeling good. It's new every morning, isn't it? <laughs> new every morning, yeah. that's right. An expression of kindness. Yeah. And so what I found in this story is that David invited him to his table. And when we read into the story, we find out that actually David adopted him into his family. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. really about adoption as well. Yeah. So it, it's an amazing picture. Beautiful. You yeah. know, kindness, adoption into yeah. his family. And uh, also he experienced material wealth as well. Yeah. Now, obviously, we don't want to get too much into the material yeah. wealth because there's kind of all lots of mi- yeah, lot yeah. misunderstandings yeah. about that. But yeah. really, in the Old Testament, yeah. there, were, there were blessing, material yeah. blessing. Yeah. And so I believe that that's the response of all of us, really, yeah. that we have the opportunity to share good news, yeah. to show kindness, yeah. but also we need to engage in this whole program of restoration, seeing lives totally yeah. restored. Yeah. Brilliant. So in this, in this story, it, it starts with kindness, to somebody who was very, very vulnerable, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stop there. It leads to restoration, mm-hmm. to blessing, to adoption, to mm-hmm. inclusion, mm-hmm. and so on. And it's continual. Yeah, That's right. fantastic, continual. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, Steve, I, I, I hadn't connected these two things, but you shared this story with me, and how God spoke to you earlier this year, and then, and and and, and I hadn't. I'd forgotten that it was, is there anybody I can show kindness to, that word kindness, because it's only just a few weeks ago that God spoke to me and he said, it is kindness that will lead. Yeah. Because you know that verse in Romans 2, it says the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Uh-huh. I, I just felt God say to me, look, it's the kindness of God that leads. And so, and look what it leads to. Mm. It leads to restoration, it leads to blessing, it leads to inclusion. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, Steve, thank you. Yeah, so uh, there's some amazing opportunity for us yeah. uh, and I think this whole time of lockdown has been an opportunity for us to kind of reflect yeah. and also look at the message that we, uh, we're seeking to, to, to proclaim as well because um, I think um, a lot of Christians are not aware as to what the, how they kind of speak about good news yeah. Yeah. and really I think it's very simple, we just share, show kindness yeah. which opens the door yeah. towards sharing good yeah. news as absolutely. well, so we have an amazing opportunity just yeah. to share yeah, good news. We've been talking about the goodness of God and I've always felt that the, the kindness is like the cutting edge of God's goodness um, and, it, and it, yeah, it leads the way. Steve, thank you so much. That is brilliant. Uh, so encouraging. I know lots of folks in the church will love seeing you on the screen and are so encouraged by you, both in what you say and by your example. So thanks, Steve. So everybody, I'm going to encourage you, read 2 Samuel chapter 9 and read the story and let God speak to you and then let's... Let's put it into action. Let's go and show kindness continually to everybody out there. Mm. Thanks, folks. Thanks, Steve.